Now, my friends, would you kindly turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. And thank you so very much, worship team, for your music ministry today. Matthew 28 records for us the, the beautiful passage of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Last Sunday, we discovered some tremendous truths from the resurrection event, and today we want to add and discover some more marvelous truths that impact your life and mine. And as probably many of you know, last Sunday was Easter for a lot of the churches and countries according to the calendar we normally use, but just for your interest, uh, this weekend and today actually marks Easter for the Orthodox churches, for the Orthodox churches who follow for Easter purposes another calendar, all right? But here is, here is Matthew 28. It says, early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. They ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Let's pause at that verse, shall we? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this powerful and tremendous portion of your Holy Bible. Dear Lord, I just pray that you would open up our minds and hearts. Open up our minds and hearts, Lord, to truth you want us to know, to act upon, to live out, to be impacted by, to be blessed by, to be encouraged by, to be corrected by. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My friends, in the message last week on Easter, I shared with you on this theme, because Jesus is risen. Because Jesus is risen, we said, number one, because Jesus is risen, we are assured of his promises. And we spoke of the promises as you see them on the big screen. Forgiveness of our sins, inward peace, joy, needs will be met. The gift of eternal life, a place in heaven, has been made available for each of us who will believe. And then in the second main truth last Sunday, we spoke of how because Jesus is risen, what seems 
impossible is possible in your life and mine. And uh, if any of you want to hear the full message, you can go to our website and, uh, and experience the full truth there. Now I want to take you to some additional marvelous, exciting truths in uh, part two of this message. And here is the first truth I ask you to focus on with me. Because Jesus is risen, let us be eager to worship him. Let us be eager. And we see this happening in the scripture here in verses 9 and 16 and 17. Verse 9 says, why don't you read it out loud with me from the big screen. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshiped him. And later when the risen Jesus met uh, met uh, the disciples in Galilee. Here is what verses 16 and 17 say. They, they, they say, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. They worshipped him. But some of them doubted. Took a little while for some of them to kind of get with it and realize that, wow, this is Jesus. This is the, 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 the Jesus I've been following. He is risen. Some took a little while. Well, the women at the tomb and the disciples worshiped Jesus. Now, for your interest, the meaning of the New Testament Greek word most often translated worship. The meaning is actually to fall down, to fall down, or to bow down. And I like how the concordance at the back of my Life Application Study Bible briefly defines worship. You'll see a lot of different definitions, but here's how it defines it. To worship, to worship is to regard with great extravagant respect, honor, and, or devotion. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? To worship is to regard with great extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Ah, isn't that great? I love that. I love that. May you and I always, may we always, always regard Jesus with great extravagant respect, honor, and devotion. Amen? Amen. Psalm 29, verse 2 says, Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Psalm 95, verse 6, Come, let us worship and bow down. Psalm 105, verse 3, Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Rejoice, you who worship. Joseph Carroll, in How to Worship Jesus Christ, Experiencing His Manifest Presence, says this. He says, True worship is felt inwardly, inwardly, and then is expressed through our actions. Pastor Lisa, isn't that wonderful? True worship is felt inwardly, and then is expressed through our actions. My friends, in a, in a service like this, we can worship Jesus in various ways. We can worship him through the, the hymns and the choruses such as we sang earlier. And, and we can worship him through, 
through the many other songs that we sing on various Sundays and, and, and through the week. We worship him through that beautiful little chorus. Why don't you sing it with me? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice <clears throat> to worship you, all oh, my soul rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. My friends, whatever hymns, whatever choruses our worship leaders choose, I invite you, I invite you to sing with us week by week and from the depths of your heart to truly worship our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Right on. In an ordinary service like this, we can also worship Jesus through our prayer time. Our prayer time, such as we have earlier in the service and at the end of the service. And that's when, that's when you can simply, simply talk to the Lord and say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to pay the price for me. Thank you, Lord, for providing a place, preparing a place in heaven for me and my loved ones and all who believe in Jesus. You can, in your own way, whether you're kneeling at the altar, standing at the altar, or amongst the congregation, you can just say, Lord, I adore you, I worship you as, as we pray together, amen, and as different people lead us from the platform form here, whether it's Dr. Lisa or myself or, or, or Pastor uh, Lucas or someone else, you join together. We join together in worship through our prayer. Amen? In a Sunday service like this, we, we can worship Jesus also through the message, the message, uh, whatever you want to call it, the message, the sermon, the preaching. Uh, we worship by saying, Lord, I will be obedient. I will be obedient to whatever I learn from your holy word today. All right? I will be obedient, Lord, to what you, you show me or what the pastor or the preacher shows me today. Uh, James chapter 2, verse 22 says, but don't, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it, what? Do what it says. That's right. That's obedience. We can also worship through special times, special times such as scripture reading, the singing of the choir or a soloist, communion, baptisms. Uh, today, today we will be baptizing a wonderful group of individuals, youth and adults. And as you see them being baptized, you can sit there and pray and say, Lord, Lord, I worship you and I thank you for this dear person who has become a true follower of Jesus, all right? So when they're going into that baptismal tank, you just, you just say, Lord, 
praise your holy name. I rejoice, whether it's a young person or an older person, I rejoice, dear Lord, that this person has somehow come to that point of sincere commitment to you, repentance and faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen? And adore the Lord and say, praise the Lord. The Bible says, the Bible says, the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner, one person comes to repentance, comes to faith and trust. I believe that as we baptize people today, the armies of God in heaven are, are rejoicing and will rejoice. Amen. Amen. In a regular service like this, we can also worship. Oh, I, I better take a drink of water. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes my mouth just gets dry. I got to make sure I can spit out, not spit out the water, but spit out this, this truth next. <laughs> In a regular service like this, we can also worship Jesus. <laughs> worship Jesus through our giving, our giving of tithes and offerings, including world missions giving. Amen? Amen. Malachi 3, verse 10 says this. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The storehouse, by the way, is a person's local place of worship. Local place of worship. Malachi 3.10 goes on and says this. If you do, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. As I read that scripture, I want to praise God. I want to thank the Lord for the many of you who are tithing, who are tithing, who are giving to world missions, who are giving uh, to support our, our monthly mortgage fund. And I, I want to thank you and I want to praise the Lord for your obedience. And today, today, as, as I've shared this truth, I believe others of you, others of you are going to say, Lord, I need to start tithing. I need to start giving. I need to give to world missions too. And we praise God for the decisions you are making and will make to, to take that step. And you know, that verse says, I will pour, it out, a, pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to contain it. Um, I hope you don't mind me telling you this, uh, but um, is, it, is it okay, Pastor Lee says, is it okay if I tell you about a, a blessing which I received this week? Is it okay? If Dr. Lisa says it's okay, it's okay. If you disagree... You talk to her, don't, don't write me nasty notes, okay? <laughs> okay, all right, well, no, here's what I want to tell you. My existing 16-year-old car, oh, nice, says someone. My existing 16-year-old car was requiring a lot of repeated repairs the last few years, especially the last year as it approached 400,000 kilometers. Now, my mechanic, my mechanic shop, Shepherd Automotive, Shepherd Automotive, great people there. Shepherd Automotive has always done an excellent job in repairing my vehicle, and the prices have been very reasonable. In fact, more than fair. Okay? The truth is, I, I have not wanted to say goodbye to my old vehicle. It's true. I haven't wanted to say goodbye I mean, you know what it's like? You know what it's like when you've been with a vehicle for 16 years? I mean, it's like your pet. 
<laughs> well, maybe not quite. <laughs> okay. So I, I have one say goodbye, but a few months ago I decided I would keep an eye open for a newer, used, low, low mileage car. Well, well, this week I was very grateful to the Lord to purchase a lovely, a beautiful, 10-year-old Buick Lucerne with, with less than, than 62,000 kilometers. With less than 62,000 kilometers. Here, I got a few pictures for you. There you go. All right, all right. There you go. All right, all right. All right, and where's the picture of my chauffeur? My chauffeur. All right, that's my chauffeur. All right? Yes, his name is Yanni. Uh, for the uh, benefit of the radio listeners, radio listeners, uh, when I said so, chauffeur, you don't see the picture. Radio listeners, I don't want any radio listeners writing me notes saying, Pastor Nick is getting paid too much. He should not have a chauffeur. Uh, the picture is of my three-year-old grandson at the wheel of my new used car. Amen? And I was planning, I was, I was thinking of telling you how much I paid for it, but then I, I thought, uh, I, I think Dr. Dahl here might get jealous uh, <laughs> if I tell you how much I paid for it, so uh, I, I better not. Also, some of you will write me unsigned notes saying, Pastor Nick, you tell us too many personal things, and... And, and so, if you really want to know what I paid for it, make a donation to the, <laughs> make a donation to our missions fund, <laughs> missions fund, <laughs> and then I'll give you a ride. Oh, I'll show you, I'll show you, I'll show you. What, no, what, what did I say I would do? <laughs> uh, what did I say, Pastor? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you how much I paid. I'll tell you how much I paid. Okay. <laughs> oh, anyways, okay to have some fun in church? Yeah, it's good. All right, I'm glad, I'm glad 99 of you, 99% agree. <laughs> oh, okay, where am I? <laughs> how much? Where's the offering plate? <laughs> anyway. You talk to me after church sometime, whoever that was, okay? Uh, the bottom line is, I want to praise the Lord for what I believe is, is uh, a, a very low mileage, reliable car at an excellent, reasonable price. I believe, honestly, it is a blessing from the Lord. Amen? Amen. Baptismal candidates... Because Jesus is risen, be eager to worship him. Not once a month or Christmas and Easter. No. Repeatedly. Week by week. Day by day. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me take you to a second beautiful truth today, and it is this. The second truth. Read it out loud with me from the big screen. Because Jesus is risen... He inspires us to love despite the letdowns. The phrase letdown means to disappoint, fail, 
betray. When Jesus was arrested in the garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says in Matthew 26, verse 56, it says, at that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. Judas betrayed him. Peter, James, and John fell asleep at a time when, when, when Jesus had asked them to pray with him in the garden of Gethsemane. And soon that evening, Peter was going to deny even knowing Jesus. He denied him three times. Now the disciples let down Jesus very badly. However, however, I want you to notice what Jesus said to the women near the tomb. Look at verse 10. Read it in unison with me from the big screen. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell, whoa, 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 slow down. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. I want you to notice, I want you to notice Jesus calls them what? My brothers. Jesus says he wants to see them in Galilee where they had spent a lot of time together before. Dr. William Hendrickson, who is an outstanding Bible commentator and scholar, in his New Testament commentary on Matthew, he writes these beautiful, beautiful words. Dr. Hendrickson says, Jesus calls them my brothers. Follow me on this, follow me. Oh man, man, it's just, just tremendous. He calls them my brothers. He does not call them those habitual quarrelers, those men who promised to remain loyal to me no matter what would happen, but who, when the crisis arrived, left me and fled. Those men who, with one exception, were not even present at Calvary when I was laying down my life for them. None of that. None of that. Instead, my brothers, those whom I acknowledge as members of my family, those who share the inheritance with me, those whom I love, says Dr. William Hendrickson. What do we see, my friends? Think about it. What do we see? We see Jesus modeling love despite the what? The letdowns. Love beside the letdowns. Dr. Lisa, that'll preach. That'll preach. My friend, no matter who you are, you have experienced and you will experience letdowns. If you haven't experienced any, you've been living in lava land. <laughs> Who has experienced at least one letdown? Put your hand up. Who has experienced one, at least one letdown? Wow, hundreds, hundreds of hands. Yes, thousands, millions of hands. Yes, millions. <laughs> Amen. That's reality. Sometimes, sometimes you might be let down by your father or mother, unfortunately. Sometimes you might be let down by your husband or wife. Nicholas, Otar, where are you, brother? 
Nick, Angie, you're an exception. Nicholas, she will never let you down, and he will never let you down, Angie. Amen. <laughs> They're getting married in less than a couple of weeks now. Amen. And uh, what, we, what, we, what we have to face is the reality that sometimes people let us down. Sometimes it's a brother or sister, some other family member or friend. You, you might be let down. You, you might be let down by a teacher or a principal or by a coworker or by your employer. You might be let down by a government department or even by a church or a pastor. You might be let down by a person or persons that you thought, you thought would, would stand up and help you, but they didn't. They remained silent when, when they should have stood up for you. You have perhaps experienced what Joseph went through. Joseph in the Bible was wrongfully put in prison because Potiphar's wife lied and falsely accused him of attempt, attempted rape. And while Joseph was in prison, he met the Pharaoh's chief cupbearer who was also in jail. Joseph helped the cupbearer by interpreting his dream and told him how in three days the Pharaoh would release him from prison and give him his old job back. Then Joseph, Joseph said to the cupbearer, and please, Joseph said, and please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place, let me out of prison. He says, for I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. And the story goes, the cupbearer was released from prison. And Genesis 40, verse 23 says this. It says, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Have you ever had a time when someone could have helped you, but they remained silent? As happened with Joseph, they forgot all about you, never giving you another thought. They let you down big time. So my friends, what do you do when people let you down in small or in big ways? What, what do you do as a Christian? What are we supposed to do? The risen Jesus teaches us to love despite the letdowns. Are you with me now? Love despite the letdowns. Baptismal candidates, no matter what happens, love despite the letdowns. Say it with me. Love despite the letdowns. Pastor Nick, are, are you kidding me? Are you for real? Are you for real, Pastor Nick, as you say this? I am for real. Don't argue with me. If you want to argue, argue with Jesus. And I'll tell you, Jesus always wins. 
Jesus always wins. Amen? Here's this third beautiful truth. Because Jesus is risen, read it with me from the big screen. Because Jesus is risen, we have a purpose and mission in life. Oh, man, I could say so much here, but I'm just going to read the verses that teach us this. When we read further in Matthew 28, as we come to verses 18 and following, here is where we discover that the Lord gives us a purpose and mission. And here it is, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There, my friends, there is recorded our purpose. Our purpose is to make disciples, to make other followers of Jesus Christ who will make spiritual decisions, but not only repent of their sins, but move on and truly become solid, solid disciples of Jesus Christ. And it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptismal candidates, we are about to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what that really means is you, you are saying, Lord, I surrender to all that God is, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I surrender, I have surrendered all that I am, all that I am to the Lord. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and look at this beautiful promise and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There is our purpose and our mission and the promise of his presence as we carry out the purpose and mission in life that he has given you and me. Praise his name. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the marvelous truths we uncover from the resurrection account. Oh Lord, I just pray. I pray, Lord, for all of our people here because Jesus is risen, we want to be eager to worship you. Yes, Lord. We want to be eager to worship you in spirit and in truth as your holy Bible says. Let it be so. Let it be so, dear Lord. Let it be so. And dear Lord, yes, precious Lord, we want to be men and women who, because Jesus is risen, men and women who are inspired to love despite the letdowns and 
to be people who love, who love through so many different challenges in life as we carry out your mission for us, your purpose and your mission for each of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. And amen.